Gordon Sutton. Flash! Flash, I love you! Caleb, Caleb, Caleb Dirksen. Holy cow. Alexander, Alexander, Alexander Peters. <laughs> okay, um, so uh, I guess, uh, hi everybody, welcome to Irrational Transaction. Um, I am Alexander Peters, and I'm joined as always with uh, my good friend, Caleb Dirksen. Hi, I'm Caleb Dirksen, and more like Irrational Transaction, am I right? Mm. Okay, holy shit. Okay, so... <laughs> I like um, your energy right now. I know. I'm sorry. I've been sitting you know on this. You know what You know this? We're time shifted. We're time shifted. So usually, I'm. I, it's my late night and your early morning, and we flip the script, and it's my afternoon and your late night. Yeah, and, and I, I just can, got the off energy work. Flow is different. Yeah, I just got off work. I ran over here as fast as I could. So I have things. This I don't know how you felt watching the movie this time around, but when I was oh. watching Flash Gordon, by the way, I guess if this is your first episode ever listening, thank you for listening. We watch the film Flash Gordon Saves the Uni- Savior of the Universe uh, once a week and talk about it. Uh, and we'll be doing... talk about it every single week, and every single week it's exciting and it's fulfilling, and people love to listen to. Every it. single week, no duds, no duds so far. <laughs> no sleepy. Don't listen to last week's episode. No, it's but you know what? It's just all part of the experience. We were a little bit exhausted. We were a little drained, but how do you That's feel bad. leaving the watch of this last week? Can I say I'm gonna get canceled for this? But uh, I really, really like this watch. I okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull the curtain back a little bit. I'm gonna I'm gonna let the uh, the tiger to the cage, and I have to confess something. I have to confess a sin. On my rewatches, I'm putting it on like 1.2 speed. You son of a bitch! And it makes it it makes the movie like a lot better. You like there's a bastard. I feel I mean, so well, betrayed. I feel I'm, cut, I'm cutting like five so minutes. So betrayed. I'm cutting like five minutes out. That's it's not five minutes of Hawkman diving. You're not going through it, with it me. It makes the Hawkman fight a lot better. It makes it a lot better. Caleb, how could you? What do you feel? How do you feel? I like this energy. Let's let's dive into that. Okay. So, since I've watched this movie the first time ever, I I was captured by the imagery, not necessarily the scenes, not the landscapes, not the sets or anything like that, but they use symbols in this movie so oh. frequently. Like if you look oh. at uh, costumes, like the thing that like I was most It's cons- the red, white, black, gold language exactly but here's the thing the thing that sent me down a a, a spiral and caleb i'm gonna be upfront with you i was sent to a very dark corner of the internet as i was looking um Uh into all of these Flash gordon rule 34 (laughs) no 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 no. nothing like that nothing like that um uh so the first symbol i i I thought i recognized was um uh general clitus uh his his chest symbol is like two inverted triangles and i'm like where do i know this where do i know this i'm not a big enough 
I'm not a big enough nerd to like know symbols or runes and what their meanings are, but I I'm gonna call bullshit on that. I think actors are the biggest nerds I've ever met. But I did play a little game called Yu-Gi-Oh as a kid. Uh, <laughs> and there's, there's a card with two inverted triangles that I recognized uh, called the Seal of Orichalcus. And that was just, I had to look that up in order to find what the actual symbol is called because Yu Gi Oh used a symbol from an actual thing. Um, but this is it Egyptian? Uh, it's, I don't believe that it's actually Egyptian, no. But this symbol on General Clytus's uh, chest is called a, a unicursal hexagon. Now, what the unicrystal hexagon is, Caleb, it's like, uh, it's used to, oh yeah, ancient Egyptian uh, Ankh, so it is uh, Egyptian, but it's used to represent uh, microcosmic forces meeting macrocosmic forces. What is that? Can you, uh, so can like, you dumb it down for me? Uh, just looking at the words, the microcosmic forces meeting macrocosmic forces. So like the small things in space meeting the big things in space. And if you look at the movie, Flash Gordon and the people, his posse could be seen as microcosmic because they're only first taking their first steps into the larger areas of space. And I thought that is fascinating. Huh? Interesting. But Flash Gordon meets the Imperial Vortex. Exactly. But while I was looking into this, I got sent down a little bit of conspiracy theory internet, okay? Interesting. Um, okay. And another one of the symbols... And you've been radicalized. I've been radicalized, Caitlin. No. Uh, <laughs> I've, uh, one of the... I, I love QAnon now. Flash Gordon. <laughs> Flash Gordon. It, Flash Gordon Deep State. Yeah, yeah. Mm. But another one of the main symbols uh, that we see is on um, uh, Emperor Ming's chest. We have the eight-pointed star, right? Like an octogram. Now, that's, like, used in many different cultures to, like, uh, ancient Chinese or um, Buddhists symbolize, like, the Eightfold Path of Buddha or, like, the Star of the Magi, all sorts of stuff. Um, now, the reason I bring this up is because, Caleb, I'm about to make a very big called shot, okay? This is... I, all I have to go on is the, the research I was doing while watching this film, Okay? I just want you to hold my hand and walk through it. I'm here. I've got you. I'm I am Flash Gordon holding a Baron as he dangles over the the abyss. Okay. So. Have you have you drawn it out? Have I, you, I I have my I have my notes here. You were like, like um. Have you you fucking watched uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia, right? I I've seen parts of it. And I know you what see, you're referencing. You've seen right the, now. the Charlie scene where he's got all the threads and the papers on the wall. This is you right now. You're like it all makes sense. So Flash. Flash Gordon, Flash, Flash Gordon, Caleb, when, when he first meets Zarkov, uh, there's a point where he says, Lord knows why. And that's, that, got, that got me thinking. He's like, why would he say that way? Is, is Flash Gordon, he's an all-American man. Odds are, he's probably a born-again Christian. Lord knows why. So that, 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 that's kind of, that was just a thought I had. That's probably what he's going through. That's kind of like his worldview. There's a lot of re religious figures that you got Lord, the Lord, you've got yes. uh, the Jewish Lord, um, you've got Dizan, you've got, uh, Ar is it Arbor? Arbor? Uh, I believe it's Arbor, yes. But if you'll ask gods. any, as two boys who grew up in the Bible Belt of Canada, you can ask any good Christian family, uh, symbols in anything, no matter what it is, is Devil Bazaitan. Which is like just demons, just bad. Doesn't matter what it represents, they're just bad. 
Okay. For for background, everybody, uh, we me and Alexander both grew up uh, Mennonite, uh, which is a Protestant sect, and they believe anything more than uh, drywall in the church is uh, uh, demonic ornamentation. And so, uh, if you know, you paint maybe you you paint your church with two colors, you're straying to the dark side. Exactly, exactly. And this movie came out around like the uh, the scare with D and D and like the devils and stuff like that. This is so interesting. I cannot believe it. Yeah, the demonic panic that and the rock music. This would have come out right okay. around that time, and wow, all of we, these. I, I, look at us. All of these foreign aliens living in space are covered in these symbols. Like um, the Hawkmen have the Star of David on their forehead, uh, like they're, they're archangels. Jewish. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like they're, they're <laughs> angelic protectors, which is crazy because they also live a life oh. of vice, um, and. Uh, the tree men, their their insignia is the all-seeing eye, uh, which is uh, something in and of itself, which you see everywhere and anywhere. But like you also see pyramid on uh, Ing's statuesque face, which is hilarious. But I'm just spouting a bunch of things right now. The one of the the main point of interest is I want to talk to you is um the name of and we talked about this last episode uh. Ming's god is Dai Zan. I call upon the great god Dai Zan. Exactly. Now, Dai Zan. Have you ever heard of the book of Zion? Zion? Yeah. Zion? No, it's it's D Z Y A N. It's literally just Dai Zan, but you flip the Z and the Y. So it's the book of Zion. Okay? No, what is that? It's like an, a reputedly ancient Tibetan text. Um, that was that was used by um, a lady named Helena Petrovna Blavatsky to basically form a theosophical the theosophical movement like theosophy uh, in the late 1800s. Okay, um, which is basically a um, she she called it the secret doctrine, the synthesis of like uh, science, religion, and philosophy. It basically hmm. reconciled ancient Eastern wisdom and modern science and brought them together as a religion. It was considered very her her heretical. Um, and like, if you just look at Ming's whole th style, it's very Eastern mysticism, but there's also lots of technology in there as well. And it's, it's very really interesting you bring this up because, yeah, because sort of the theme and criticism of like the main character is sort of this... Uh, unfair, uh, or I guess this yellow peril representation of sort of a evil, quote unquote, oriental, quote unquote, villain guy. So it really, okay, really interesting. Yeah, and so it, it was it was so strange to me that like Dizan and Zion were so similarly connected. Um, my theory. I'll, I'll wait to get to the punchline in a second. Okay, so I'm, excited. I'm really excited. Um, this is like this is the best energy this podcast has ever had. I feel like <laughs> we turned a corner. I I'm going to send finally you... flash flash fans rejoice. The podcast is good. Are you familiar with a man by the name of Anton Levey? Anton Levey, no. I'm going to send you a link. Okay. Um, the founder of the Church of Satan. Okay. Tell me what that oh, man looks like to you. He looks exactly like Ming the Merciless. I see uh, a goatee, the sort of circle, what do you call that? The circle mustache where the chin goes right into the beard. Um, I, I'm not head, sure. One, He's one got earring. the arched eyebrows. He looks 
like he looks like if someone made a Sims character based on Ming. Or I guess it probably happened the other way around. Exactly. He looks to a T what uh, Ming would look like um, if someone were to cosplay as Ming. Or someone were to, let's say, design a villain based off a real-life person. Literally, Ming is literally Satan. Exactly. So is, is, that your, is that your thesis? My thesis, Caleb, is that Flash Gordon... Okay. Let's look at the relationship between Flash, Hans, and Dale, okay? Dale is constantly needing to be saved. In every situation she's in, she needs to be saved. She tries to save herself at one point, but she gets captured right away, and she needs to be saved. Hans is the instigator. He's the one who pulls everything together and makes it happen. Flash is the executioner. He's the one who does the saving. Mm -hmm. Yes. I posit that the film flash gordon is i don't know who pulled the strings or who caused it but someone was trying to make this a christian film behind the scenes somehow okay interesting because look at all of this hans acting very much like the father trying to uh instigate um the, uh, a plan he has set to try and stop things from happening. Dale is humanity and humanity's plight. Constantly trying to save themselves, but they can't. They need to rely on... What's the name of the film, Caleb? Flash Gordon, the Flash savior Gordon. of the universe. Of the universe. Oh, wow. They this is kind of... This is your... your yeah. They you, you're breaking my brain a little bit. They could have called him anything. They could have called him hero of the universe. They could have Flash called him Flash Gordon champion. literally dies in front of everyone and then rises from the grave. And he comes back to life. Wow, okay. This is reframing this as a like a religious allegory is it makes I, at first I was a little skeptical. It makes perfect sense. I uh I was I was p putting all these pieces together, but you pointed out right at the end there that was that was the linchpin. That was, but he dies and comes back. Holy shit! Say so, you know and oh and of course Alexander and we're we're, we're missing the most obvious point. Um, this whole uh, irrational transaction, one life for billions. Is this a Christian idea? The the sort of this Christian idea. Christ dies on the cross to save us from our sins, quote unquote. Wow. This film really is Space Narnia, an allegory to Space show Narnia. show everybody the one true God that exists in the world is Flash Gordon. Exactly. Oh, and then here it is. Sorry, I got, uh, sorry for the atheist, uh, sorry, not for the, for the non-religious listeners in the audience. I, uh, we, we had a lot hefty, uh, Bible education, so apologize if we're, uh, you know, we're taking some knowledge for granted. But even yeah. in the Bible, there's a story where Jesus goes into the desert to fast for forty days and nights, and the devil comes to him and offers him any he anything he wants, just like Emperor Ming comes and offers him a kingdom. So they'll be satisfied with less. And in the, he straight up offers him a kingdom. Like the devil straight up offers Jesus a kingdom in the Bible. But he's like, no, mine is the kingdom of God. But that's, I didn't even think about that. Wow. Interesting. Huh. That's just too much to ignore. 
then it's really yeah it's quite yeah huh that i is... like how you tied it in with all these symbols of uh what they called what, what was the word for it satanic panic exactly uh, the dungeons then... and dragons uh and that was what was so the what sent me down on was simply just remembering a Yu-Gi-Oh card. And that there was, has to be a Flash Gordon chick track out there. Are you familiar with the chick tracks? Mm -mm. Uh, there's a guy named Jack Chick. Um, real name. It sounds badass. Um, Jack Chick is like a religious, very religious fundamentalist guy, and he did a, a bunch of comics. That featured like you've seen this one in memes, but Jack Chick, Chick writes a comic where a group of kids get together to play Dungeons and Dragons, but then they actually like get a like one of the the dungeon master is actually like a demon like a satanic priest, and then they gets the kids to like kill their parents because they want to quote unquote level up and. I mean, it's it's like <laughs> the most insane. Man. Uh, but they're called chick tracks because, like, these little comics are called tracks. But I mean, it's like the most. It's it's pretty insane, like uh, satanic panic. But I wonder if there's got to be a. See, I was I was picturing family flash. circus, but that does not sound very family circus to me. Oh man, here uh, here, let me send you a. Uh, this is from the chick track, and also uh, this is without. They almost seem they're so hilarious. They almost seem ironic, but this is totally real. People, I mean, people actually thought that, and I guess people to this day, we all have people in our life who are horrified of uh, Dungeons and Dragons. Wow, this is really sad to look at. It's funny. Did I tell you here for the listeners? We were going deep. I actually, wow, this is way back, like eight years ago. After I graduated high school, I actually spent a year at a Bible school. You did? This is, do you remember I went to uh, British Columbia for... Oh, I to, right. I know. I, feel, I forget about it sometimes. But uh, I remember... And so I didn't know what I was going to do with my life. And so I thought, I don't know. I was raised, raised religious. Maybe Bible school is the thing to do. Mm -hmm. And I remember in Bible school... We tried to play Dungeons and Dragons, and the one of the professors actually shut it down. Because actually, he thought that uh, the people wouldn't be able to understand where the game ended and life began. I guarantee uh, you could have called it literally anything else, and they would have. You could have just called it Pathfinder, and he'd been he'd been like, "Oh yeah, that's fine." I mean, yeah, the, the reasoning makes no sense. Like when I play Monopoly, I'm not. I'm, I'm under no illusion that I'm a a investment mogul mm -hmm. you know when i play destiny 2 i'm under no illusion that i'm a terrible pvp player <laughs> you know i don't actually i don't actually think i'm the character a warlock that solely uses nova bomb it's interesting too speaking of religion i read an article about flash gordon the other day where someone was criticizing uh i, I don't i don't really agree with it because someone was criticizing Z uh, zarkov for being like sort of ambiguously Jewish. And to me, I thought, he's not ambiguously Jewish, he's explicitly Jewish, It's right? very clear that he's Jewish. He says, after he wakes up, he says, I remember I kept my memories because I recited the Talmud. Which was interesting that he said the Talmud, because that's uh, religious debates, right? That's not the actual book that they study. Well, 
Let me. Let's, I don't want to alienate the Jewish fans. Jewish fans, we love you. Yeah. The Jewish Talmud is the central text of rabbinic Judaism and the primary source of Jewish religious law and Jewish theology. So it's different than the Torah. Okay. Guess, right? Oh, uh, the Talmud is a record of rabbinic debates in the second to fifth century on the teachings of the Torah, both trying to understand how they apply and seeking answers for oh, so situations yeah. they were encountering. Yeah, it is debates, right? Yeah, so that, that that proves that he was like his go-to is the Talmud and not the Torah. So he's open to like thinking outside the bun, as it were. He guess said the bun and how to how to apply his faith. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Wow, this is. This a very a different brain. episode of uh, Flash. <laughs> I'm sorry about that, listener. But uh... I've never even looked at the symbols. I feel like such a dumbass. I'm looking into this. I just looked up this article. Hidden in plain sight, the secret symbolism of the movie Flash Gordon, 1980. I uh, I was reading that one a lot, actually. Oh, yeah. With the, the, there's the SS symbol in Ming's. Yeah. this uh, I, th- I will say this guy is... Uh, very much into um oh this is a q guy yeah uh everything is in place by the illuminati um and this is them just trying to subject us to their symbolism i drew a different conclusion (laughs) but i I love that interpretation of the uh i love that interpretation of movies it's like i see something in a movie therefore it's it's a real uh thing that's being imposed in the world instead of Ming is evil, and associating him with an SS uh, symbol clearly states that he's evil. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, it's almost on the nose. Mm-hmm. That's so funny. But yeah, there's a lot of stuff there if you want to uh, check it out at some point. But yeah, that was um, that was my big takeaway. I'm sorry, I had a, a big thing that I needed to say, I needed to talk to you about and draw your attention to it. Aside from that, Oh, it was, uh, that, that, that gave me uh, life in this watch. This watch was very frantic for me. I did have it playing in its entirety at its normal speed, uh, in the, uh, in, in front of me as I was like, I was doing research left and right all over. Yeah. This article is a bit flawed. It's a bit... <laughs> yeah. Wow. That, this is, we have turned a corner in our Flash Gordon analysis mm-hmm. okay the podcast this is the second this is the we're entering our this is the podcast glow up era <laughs> the renaissance the podcast renaissance um i mean what else is there to talk about what's i mean do we just cut it now no we can't no we can't we need to go through our building blocks caleb what was your favorite line this watch oh my um i'm gonna probably say I liked Dale and Aura more this watch. Really? I, I, I find we were very critical on them when we first started watching. Mm-hmm. And I think part of it too is just like these old movies, they kind of like do women like a little dirty because it's just like they show up in the sexy bikinis and they do the sexy stuff and then they get saved. Yeah. And it's kind of like, I don't know, when I start to. Think of them, it's like, poor Dale. She's just a travel agent who hates flying. She's out of her element. And, you know, girls get it done. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know. I found that she becomes, like, I hate to say this, but more bearable. Um, Honestly. But. I will say, um, 
some of my favorite moments um, are Dale adjacent, and it I, the the point where she's trying to flip that hourglass over again, saying it won't flip over. I like that more and more every time. It's a great line, and she really she really milks it for all this work worth. Uh, I say my favorite line this time is uh, the young boy going into or the young man entering the uh, priest the the green temple, mm-hmm. and he says, "I am now of age, Green Father." So and good. sticks his hand into the stump and dies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny to introduce something with such a high mortality rate in a, it's such an already violent world. Mm-hmm. How about you, Alexander? What was your favorite? Uh, it's when um, Zarkov and Baron are handcuffed to a wall and it's just a cut to them and Baron's like, tell me more about this man Houdini. And then it cuts <laughs> away. <laughs> it's... Uh, that's that was one of my favorites. I've been meaning to say it for a while, but it's just very good. I've got another good line. Sorry. I like it when General Kala, when they're uh, brainwashing Zarkov, and General Kala says, we will empty your mind as if we would empty your pockets. Mm-hmm. And what is that thing so she does of, with her hands there? She does she's like, like a, she rolls her hands like a, yeah. like she's scooping like little ball, little little ice cream pails, little memory balls. Yeah, memory balls. Like. It's very hypnotic. Know. Yeah. Um, what's your uh, favorite character slash actor this time around? Hmm. I mean, there's so much. It's got to be General Kala. She's. Mm. I think. I think we talked about this before, and this is why we need to get into the. Uh, 40th anniversary edition soon mm-hmm. but uh, apparently there was supposed to be in the ex- the non-existent extended cut there's apparently more scenes where Kalitas and Kala are more antagonistic toward each other and there's more of a political power struggle between them right yes we have talked about this of, before they're competing for who is I guess who has the favor of Ming they're playing more as, political as is, chess as how his entire empire runs, because his entire empire or his power system runs on having these kind of different groups pit against each other so they don't turn on him. So everybody's competing for his favor, as seen with, um, you know, the the Hawkman taking, uh, as seen with the Hawkman taking the Ice Jewel from Phrygia, mm. even though they're allies of the uh, Arborians who fought alongside them, they still stole the jewel to give to Ming because there's this constant competition to keep them in line. Yeah. How, how about you, Alexander? What was your favorite actor? Uh, probably the the doctor that brings Flash back to life because he instigated the rising of the Messiah. Um, and so the doctor... <laughs> so the doctor is God. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, he was he was my favorite actor this time around. I will say actually, um, you know what? Um, uh, Voltan's daughter comes back. What? No. Y- yes, what? she's what? she's back. Uh, she is on their their planet when they're partying and eating food and drinking as um, Dale and uh, Zarkov are being flown on t- into the city. Uh, there's a couple of like um, scene setting shots, insert shots, and there's a scene with her sitting at a table. It's a wide shot, so she's not the center of it, but she's there. Um, and then oh, in every oh. other scene, she's not there. So she must have been on the call sheet one day and then wasn't able to make it for the rest of it because she was there for one insert shot and then she was gone, which means she's not in Ming's palace. 
they should have cut a scene into like the uh, the Ajax rocket fight where she fl- he climbs a he screams dive and she like dives down on something and, like stabs a <laughs> just you know, impale she gets her wings. Uh, and uh, your uh, least favorite actor slash character? My least favorite. It's getting harder and harder to choose because I find myself warming up to a lot of these characters. Mm-hmm. I'd say. Fuck, I, um, it's all good. I, it's, it's, I can't give one. It's fine. I can't give one. If you've got too many warm, fuzzy feelings, sometimes you just can't shit on something. I, I, I know what, I, I need someone here with the critical distance. Yeah. I, I lost my objectiveness. <laughs> I'm, in, I'm too emotionally entangled. I will tell you, Caleb, my least favorite is Ming. Please. Because he's the devil, and the devil is bad. You, but you don't think he, he has a compelling argument? He'll be satisfied with less? No, he's the devil. Devil can't have compelling arguments because that would make me a bad person. You can like the actor without... <laughs> that is <laughs> this true. This is going to recontextualize the whole uh, podcast <laughs> now. Every time I've said that, something nice about me. Yeah. Uh, and I guess, finally, Caleb, how would you rate the movie this time around, your watch? On a scale of 1 to 100. I would rate this... I, the, the opposite of, is happening of what I thought would happen, which I thought I was going to hate this movie. I thought I was going to be driven from it. But it is just warm, fuzzy feelings coming back, looking at the colors. I was just taken in by the colors this time. Just It's just this beautiful palette of red, white, black, and gold the entire time. And you're just swimming in the colors uh, and everything. And I, 100 out of 100. 100 out of 100. Wow. 90, 99. We got to cut the That's Hawkman insane. scene down. I was going to say not, I was going to say 99 as well actually. Holy uh, shit. Because are... because it sparked something in me this time. I'd been dreading watches for so long and then I just did a simple Google search on the Universal Hexagon and that sparked it and I was looking at it through fascinated eyes trying to figure out what meant what this time around. I was all over this movie. Um and it was like I was watching something brand new. Wow, this is before we close this out though. I feel like we need to give the audience a little bit of uh, background to ourselves. I was thinking, I was like, you know, the, for all our loyal listeners who have been with us for so long, who are clamoring, I feel like we're kind of we're kind of enigmatic figures in that uh, all people know about us is that we love Flash Gordon, uh, Savior of the Universe. Maybe just for the listeners at home, Alexander, you want to give a little summary about yourself and who you are and what you like. You know, just something to keep the people, you know, build a parasocial relationship with our fans. I mean, I'm all for parasocial relationships. Um, oh, man. You put yeah, me I'm on... a parasocialist. <laughs> you put me on the spot here. Uh, well, I, uh, I'm i an actor. I moved out to Vancouver uh, from Manitoba to pursue the dream. I make music. I, uh, I'm a dungeon master for a D&D group that's been going on for almost two years now it's crazy we've been doing the same story it's been awesome i kind of uh that's that's been my one constant throughout all of the auditioning and trying to like get projects or working on strange projects i know that i'm gonna be doing D. um yeah i i married really young as most people did where we grew up um but yeah, yeah. that's bible belt bible belt culture right there is uh Get married ASAP. Yeah, exactly. Actually, I, I, <laughs> Janessa and I got married later than most, um, considering, because we were like 23 at the time. Oh, that is old. That is like, you should have like two kids by then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, not 23. It's been almost five years now. So I guess 21, 22, something like that. 
What about you, Caleb? Hi there, I'm Caleb Dirksen. I uh, I live in South Korea, Seoul, right now. Um, I am a architectural intern, um, which for the uninitiated means basically the same thing as architect. Um, and I am an aspiring animator. One day, I'll work in that field. Uh, I like lots of stuff. I like making things. I like, uh, yeah, putting stuff together. I mean, when I lived in Canada, I had a beautiful, huge office where I had like all this model making stuff, and I would make models for Dungeons and Dragons, big pieces of terrain. And I had to give that all away when I moved, but you know what? That's how it goes. Uh, hopping over the pond like that and had to lose some lose some of that extra stuff unfortunately yeah i'm gonna build it up there's a uh there's actually down the road there's a nice uh what would you call it? like a model shop like for painting and stuff like warhammer stuff it's, yeah like warhammer no it's not War, well, i guess it's more like i don't know the south korean equivalent of warhammer stuff which is like gundam gundam models and mech stuff and anime characters stuff Mm. I gotta get into that. I gotta get into painting because I like doing a nice paint job instead of just with my terrain. You just like paint it one color and then you do a wash, like a black wash, and then that's that's it. But this is we're getting esoteric for the fans. This one's for the fans who love Flash Gordon, Fiddler on the Roof. Oh yeah, let's talk about that quickly. Uh, (laughs) Can't go one episode without bringing up Fiddler on the Roof. So this fucking guy, Alexander. So Alexander, let me tell you about Alexander. Alexander is kind of a, you know, one of my nerdiest friends, I'm happy to say. Hey, I'll take it. And, well, I guess, no, I have some, yeah. So uh, some of our mutuals, I think, are maybe a little nerdier than us. I mean, I think, uh, I think uh, people who are into cars are nerdy just in a different way. And uh, sure, yeah. know a couple uh, car jockeys. Yeah, that's true. Um, but uh, me and Alexander, and I think I was in seventh grade. And I had never been in choir before. And Alexander, you and another friend of ours, a guy by the name of Colton, convinced me to join choir. Is that right? Yeah. And he's yes. definitely going to be on the podcast at some point. I'd love that. I'd love that. I think he'd have a great, uh, I think he'd have a very unique take on Flash. <laughs> but we together uh, all starred in, well, I say starred in, featured in a little musical called fiddler on the roof when we were in seventh grade uh so alexander played one of the leads right you were were you laser wolf or who no that was colton i was uh what they did was and i i'm almost certain we've talked about this before um but but this is for the diehard fans (laughs) yeah 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 uh, what they did was they had um, the kids play multiple characters different nights so that everyone had a chance to be everyone they wanted to be. So I, one night or two nights, I can't remember, I was Tevya, the father of the daughters, the same guy as Zarkov. Um, and the other nights I was someone trying to woo one of the daughters. His name was Perchik. The revolutionary. Yeah. Right, he was a communist or a paracommunist, if you will. Um yeah, so, well, so this is the thing. Alexander was a, uh, what, what you would call a good actor and a good singer. So he had a lead role. Colton also had a lead role. And I played Russian soldier number three and rabbi who had no speaking parts. So it just kind of tells <laughs> you, uh, I think it tells you a lot about who we are 
and who I am in relation to these guys. Well, we all uh, do different things, right? And the thing is, Colton's still salty about this. And if you ask him about it, he'll talk about it. He originally, when he auditioned, he booked the same roles as I did. So one night I would have been Tevya and he would have been Perchik. And then he would have been Perchik and I would have been Tevya. And there was another guy thrown in that mix as well. So there was three nights of shows, so it would have gone around. Um, but he went on a two-week vacation to California um, during rehearsals. And the director... Um, was super petty and she was like no uh you don't get to have the roles if you're gonna not take this seriously and so she gave him uh, uh one of the supporting roles as opposed to the lead that he had initially booked uh, and he's still pretty salty about that she was a bit pretty i digress but yeah sorry to, listeners to put the pin on it to put the pin on the head um what we're getting at here is the musical we were in at seventh grade fiddler on the roof the film version of fiddler on the roof starred the actor who played Hans Zarkov as Reb Tevye, the lead singer in Fiddler on the Roof, and then he's Hans Zarkov, so we've always loved him. Yeah, and, and he he's was... always had a special place in our heart. That film was our first introduction to him as an actor, I believe. It was for me anyways. I don't know if you'd seen anything with him in it before that. No, I think... Uh, yeah, he's a little bit... Besides that, he's a little bit before our time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It we was... should do a... For the fans, fuck, we should just do a Fiddler on the Roof cast. See... You say that, but that's a long film. It is like three and a half hours long. (laughs) It is a long film. Um, And I don't know how uploading audio that long would work on a free hosting website. You don't think we can put out a four-hour podcast? It might have to be. Well, even the one where we did where we were recording uh, a watch, I had to lower the audio bit rate like crazy you, you compromised you I, compromised our audience i had to compromise it yeah for it to even upload which was fine because there was a lot of silence in there anyways because we were watching a movie <laughs> yeah we, we did we did get kind of swept away in it <laughs> it's it's flash like gordon it's a hard okay <laughs> hey we're learning yeah we're, we're still young exactly young-ish. well well we're almost 30 um <laughs> okay f- okay we're 26 we're not almost 30 <laughs> okay good night everybody good have a night. great day love you all hey if you're listening to this we love you we'd like oh. to thank uh dwy 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 for the use of our theme song party for one i almost forgot thank you caleb so in this context is the party for one uh, Flash Gordon as Jesus. Uh, the for one? the one and the three parts that are whole, um, Flash, Part, Hans, for... <laughs> and Dale, <laughs> the three made whole, um, and uh, oh, fuck, that's funny. Also, uh, if you get the chance, uh, maybe uh, if you enjoyed our dumb little podcast, uh, leave a rating of five stars on whatever you're listening on. Uh, it really helps us out, pushes up, boosts up that algorithm. That would be fantastic. Thank you so much. We love you all. Uh, I was going to talk to you because we haven't found a solid closer for this podcast in a while. This is the entire time we've run this. It's always like, bye, everyone, or whatever, stuff like that. Or, um, but I feel like keeping into the spirit with things, how do you feel about just like a solid trying to say it at the same time at opposite ends in the world so we can manifest it into reality? Just a simple long live flash. (laughs) How do you feel like that? It's corny as shit, but how do you, no, no countdown. We just try to make it match. We just, Okay. okay.
No, no, you're counting down with your fingers, Caleb. We can't. How can we, I? How can we, we synchronize just, if we can't count down? No, we just try. We just try, Caleb. We just try. Okay. okay? Here we go. Long, Long live Flash. Flash. Hey. Hail Mink. Go. Hey, Sorry, no, not Hail Mink. Hail Zarkov. Hail Mink. Hail Mink.